Thanks for joining us today. I'm Scott Hecker, Senior Counsel in CIFAR's DC office, and this is the Policy Matters Podcast. On today's episode, vaccination celebration, OSHA implications for vaccine programs, we're thrilled to have Adam Young join us to discuss a topic on everyone's minds, vaccine mandates. Adam is a partner in our Chicago office who assists clients with whistleblower litigation, workplace safety counseling, regulatory counseling, OSHA litigation, and related commercial litigation. He's been using his expertise to counsel employers throughout the COVID-19 pandemic on workplace safety issues. Adam, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me, Scott, and I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. So the FDA issued full approval for Pfizer's vaccine, now known as Comirnaty, I believe, on Monday, August 23rd. We've discussed the full approval of Pfizer's vaccine on the podcast with some of our other CIFARTH colleagues, and obviously a lot of people are having this conversation. I think we all agree that we expect to see an increase in employer mandates as well as a shift in how individuals who were maybe on the fence about getting the vaccine under an emergency use authorization What's your take on the approval's impact on workplace safety specifically, Adam? Yeah, well, first, I I think this approval is tremendously important. The Pfizer vaccine was developed with mRNA technology, which although it was several decades old, at least among some portion of the American population, there was a perceived newness to it because there's been a lot of online chatter that this wasn't a major source of technology that was used in prior vaccines, even though it's been in development and scientific technologies for for decades. But some portion of the vaccine hesitancy that existed was based on the newness of that vaccine and that there was only an emergency use authorization. So the full FDA approval for that Pfizer vaccine has resulted in some of the biggest jumps in vaccination increase rates that we've seen in months. So it has been tremendously important. And I think we have to look at the broader context that those rates were also increasing as there were new methods out there to encourage vaccinations. There were amnesty programs being offered, gift card programs, the new state and local mandates requiring vaccination. Illinois, for instance, on Monday of this week has implemented new requirements with mask requirements, with mandates for certain professions. So a lot of that is driving increases in vaccinations of people who were not vaccinated, maybe getting vaccinated to comply with those mandates. And then finally, employer mandates. Many of our larger clients are considering mandates, and that, that's across industries. Some of those are the public-facing types of industries like retail or other industries where they're dealing with people coming off the street and into their workplaces. And then some are like manufacturing, where you have closed private facilities that are considering or implementing those mandates. So the full approval of that vaccine is having a, a big impact in, in motivating employers to go to a mandatory vaccination environment because it's such an important tool in terms of efficacy in reducing COVID-19 in the workplace. And that's what the CDC has been telling the the employer community since December of last year. Yeah. And speaking of the CDC, you know, the federal level, I would say, you know, we're on the Policy Matters podcast, so probably should talk about President Biden's push to mandate for federal employees and contractors. He's also directly asked private employers to do the same. And we've been hearing questions from clients about that as well, who on on the 29th of July, actually, the White House announced that federal employees and on-site federal contractors need to attest to their vaccination status. And those who aren't vaccinated or who decline to answer need to follow additional precautions, including testing. And as you just said, the full approval of Pfizer's vaccine 
led this large employer, the federal government, to take that step as well and into what we sort of refer to as a soft mandate, since you have kind of the attest or test option. But President Biden, again, went right out urging private employers to mandate this approval could impact the booster shot plan he's announced. And we may see a run on agency mandate rollouts as DOD moved quickly to address its plans for uh, after the Pfizer approval for military personnel. But you know, the relevant resources out there, like the fact sheet the White House issued and FAQs from the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force, currently limit the attest or test requirement to federal employees and on-site contractors. But without an executive order or some other top-down guidelines, we don't have a ton of clarity on how agencies will implement the directive, including, for example, who will pay for unvaccinated contractor testing. It looks like some agencies will try to push costs to the contractors, but employers need to be aware of the relevant policies and protocols from the agencies with which they contract to see how to deal with that mandate. Circling back to the vaccination piece, some agencies like the VA and HHS have taken a harder line than the attest or test approach requiring actual vaccination for certain of their healthcare workers. I know you've been in that space, Adam, counseling healthcare clients. How's that sector approaching the mandates? You know, what are they seeing as some of their challenges? And does the OSHA ETS come into play a fair amount there? Sure. Yeah. So a couple things, um, just so that folks you know, know what uh, Scott's referencing there. Right when the Biden administration came into office in January of this year, they issued guidance for all employers on COVID-19 and how to protect employees from COVID-19. OSHA at the time didn't have regulations that were specific to COVID-19, but they do have a pour over general duty clause. And that requires employers to have a workplace that's free from any recognized hazards. And we have many, many clients who receive citations from OSHA and OSHA state agencies under that general duty clause related to their COVID-19 precautions and protocols. And they've updated that guidance since. And the number one thing that's on that guidance, the first bullet point is vaccines. I mean, they encourage employers to consider mandatory vaccination programs. Um, that's what's coming down from GOSHA, that this is the most effective technique of all the precautions and protocols to protect employees. And in terms of positioning a employer to minimize liabilities and associated workplace transmission of COVID-19, vaccination is a very effective tool. Um, with regard to OSHA and OSHA compliance. In terms of healthcare, in June of this year, OSHA issued an emergency temporary standard or an ETS that we've done webinars on. We have a 10-page article explaining all of the different requirements under that emergency temporary standard for healthcare employers. Um, and that, that was put out in June. It's limited to healthcare and it's more hospital side of healthcare. There's exceptions where you're not actually dealing with COVID patients. So something like an ambulatory care setting, like a physical therapist's office where they're screening folks ahead of time to see if they have symptoms or they're intentionally not treating people that they know have COVID, those are excluded. So looking at the emergency temporary standard, it just addresses these healthcare settings. And vaccination is integral and incorporated into that standard. So it doesn't say that healthcare employers are required to mandate vaccination, but it does provide certain benefits of knowing that your employees are vaccinated. So there's masking requirements, there's distancing requirements, there's physical barrier requirements. But if you're in an area of the hospital, for instance, that is not where COVID patients are treated, it's a distinct area, you have three employees who are vaccinated, the ETS says those three employees sitting in the conference room don't have to be masked, don't have to be distanced, don't have to have plexiglass between them. 
And that's an exception that despite the new CDC guidance about masking for vaccinated employees, OSHA came in and said, look, we've looked at the data. This is still lawful if you want to have that benefit. So vaccination is very important in healthcare. It's highly incorporated in VTS, and it allows for certain environments where some of the more rigorous precautions and protocols are relaxed, and which really encourages the vaccination. But we have hospital and healthcare clients who have mandated vaccines dating back for many months. And the real drivers there have been that healthcare providers have been receiving the vaccines at very high rates, but a lot of the associated support staff at hospitals have particularly lower rates. So doctors may be at 95% vaccinated, nurses slightly below that, but when you get to the environmental services technicians and other folks who are working in the hospital and potential sources of COVID-19 transmission or, or getting COVID-19, they may not have as high of vaccination rates. So that, that's one of the big drivers that's been behind mandatory programs is to try to get those additional doctors and nurses and then the bigger groups of folks who are unvaccinated to get vaccinated. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you were talking about sort of the benefits that the rule provides if you are vaccinated as opposed to sort of a strict mandate. It's, you know, kind of the incentive approach. And I guess, it, you know, that carries across in the guidance that, that OSHA has out there. As you said, bullet number one is vaccinate your workforce. And that's the protecting workers guidance on mitigating and preventing the spread of COVID-19 in the workplace. And that covers basically everything that's not healthcare to this point, because as you said, the COVID ETS narrowly focused on that sector. Well, you know, we have articles explaining that guidance that can help you through that guidance. If you have a COVID program at your work site and, and you don't have a mandatory vaccination program, there's still many methods that are out there that everyone knows to help mitigate the risk of potential transmission and the legal liabilities associated with that. You know, first and foremost, wellness screenings, you know, keeping those symptomatic workers out of the workplace is one of the most effective methods of preventing transmission. Verifying that people who claim to be vaccinated actually are is a very effective method to ensure folks are vaccinated at the work site. And then having visitor policies, those folks who are coming in who aren't being screened by you or aren't in your regular programs and training, making sure they're either not in your work site or they're symptom screened or they're wearing a mask and uh, they're taking those additional precautions. I, I don't know, Scott, if, if you've seen other you know methods that have been particularly effective in terms of clients and that they're seizing on. I mean, I think what you said, the vaccination, masking, distancing, those are the ones that we've seen throughout the the lengthy pandemic that we find ourselves in. Uh, we talked earlier about hand washing, but, you know, <laughs> we can call that uh, hygiene protocols uh, to sound a little bit more official. But yeah, I mean, signage, all those things that have been out there for a while are on that OSHA list, I'd say. And though they're characterized as recommendations, as you mentioned, Adam, there's the general duty clause that OSHA can enforce through, and they do have a national emphasis program, an enforcement program in place related to COVID to try and seek out employers who are not providing that safe workplace or who may be violating other sort of related permanent standards like respiratory program, PPE, those kinds of things that you know are already on the books for OSHA. Anything else, Adam, to wrap up that you think, you know, employers should be keeping in mind? I know you hit a lot of the risk mitigation protocols, and I think, you know, to limit liability, those are really important to think about. Yeah, sure. You know, I think max vaccination is really part of our way out of this most recent Delta spike and in terms of reducing the chances that people acquire COVID-19, but more importantly, it keeps people out of the hospital and out of the morgue. And that's really something to think about. And, you know, I, with our clients, we've dealt with multiple COVID fatalities in the last two weeks where people became symptomatic and passed away four, five, six days later. 
um, after acquiring COVID-19, and every single one of those people were unvaccinated. So at least from an anecdotal perspective, we really can't emphasize enough how important it is in terms of protecting your employees and protecting the work site. And, you know, OSHA, as Scott said, has a national emphasis program, but they've also directed their area offices, you need to spend this percentage of your time and percentage of your resources doing COVID inspections and doing emergency temporary standard inspections at healthcare providers. So we anticipate they're going to be out there. There's still tons of COVID complaints coming in to OSHA area offices and our clients are getting letters and inquiries and on-site inspections relating to them. So we don't anticipate this OSHA activity going away anytime soon. And we really recommend that you work with an outside counsel to try to improve your programs and make sure that you're addressing those potential liabilities. For sure. Adam, really appreciate you sharing your thoughts on the podcast today. Thanks to everyone for listening and please keep your ears out for other Policy Matters podcast episodes, including content concerning vaccines and labor and vaccines and the splits among state and federal approaches to mandates. SciFarts website also has an incredible amount of COVID-related resources for you to check out. And should you have any questions, as Adam said, please contact your friendly neighborhood SciFarth attorney for assistance. Thanks a lot.